Jonathan Jana De Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Ben Cartwright is joining me. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm very well. Nice to see your face once again. <laughs> of course, of course. And it's a welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast for our special guest, Joe Barbieri. Hello, everyone. I have a voice. Apparently so. Uh, it's another FA Cup weekend, lads, which means, you know, no Stoke game this weekend. All right. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, but we decided to press on anyway. We will discuss the Man City midweek game and the FA Youth Cup semi-final at the end of the show. But first we're going to do something a bit different, uh, by which we mean completely rip off the format of another show. So uh, Desert Island Stoke invites our guest, Joe, to look back on the five most significant Stoke games of his life. They might not necessarily be the best games, but games they'll remember most vividly should he be washed up on a desert island. Joe... How might uh, one of our listeners know you? Um, wow, that's kind of put me on the spot there. Um, probably for colouring in. I'll, I'll be honest, that tends to be the way that I portray myself. Maybe a bit of a, a sarcastic tool, but you know. <laughs> yeah, Joe's uh, did our old artwork and uh, has done stuff for Bear Pit and Planet Football and Duck Magazine, so... Uh, if you don't know his voice, uh, you'll know his you'll know his scribbling. So, uh, pleasure to have you on, Joe. Thank you. Uh, let, so let's just get straight down into it. Joe's five most memorable, most significant, uh, most important Stoke games of his life. Ben, what is number one? Um, the first game of your Stoke most five important games of your life was the fixture between Stoke City and Man City but it wasn't the one in recent memory. It was one way back on the 3rd of May, 1998. The score was Stoke City 2, Manchester City 5. There were 26,664 people in attendance, which I believe Joe was one of them. And the scorers on that day were Gota, Dickoff, Thorne, Bradbury, another one for Gota, another one for Thorne, and Horlock with a last-minute goal. Um, Sentinels report, they reported it, it always threatened to end in tears. You could say that about any Man City game, even today. But no one thought it would be as brutal as this. Stoke not just sent down, but humbled and humiliated in front of a television audience and a capacity crowd on their day of judgment. Manchester City might have suffered the same relegation fate at the Britannia Stadium yesterday, but at least they put some pride before their fall. Oh, a nice scathing. cheerful one to start with. Joe, uh, what, made, what made you think of this game? Um, amazingly, the nil-nil midweek didn't make it into this, um, so I had to go back quite far. I think I think this one sort of sums up my sort of entry, my entry level of becoming a Stoke fan. And um, to be fair, it, it tends to be my dad that that recalls this better than better than I do. Um, he always reminds me that I mean, I must have been what was it ninety seven, ninety eight? Yeah, so I was five, six. Um, and apparently we had some sort of report to do at school on the Monday about our weekend where you write a little bit. And um, one of the the, sa- the saving grace, the line that always sticks out to my dad is that I wrote Stoke scored and my dad didn't even celebrate. <laughs> um, to be fair, that happens quite often now. But, <laughs> but at the time that was shocking to me. Obviously, I didn't quite understand that we were going to be relegated that day, which kind of puts it into some context. But um, yeah, I think just it, it sort of shows 
where how, you know, how far we've come, which is a term I don't like to use too mm. often. But I mean, it was chaos that day. Both teams relegated to the third tier. To, to think that I mean, when we played them in recent years, they've been massive games, yeah. F- FA Cup finals, and keeping them from winning the title, and it's madness. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe looking at it that two clubs the size of us went down on the same day and that uh, Vale survived at our expense. Of course. Um, yeah, a pretty pretty awful game. I, I watched some of the highlights. This was probably the season before I first started going to watch Stoke. So since I've been a fan, we've never been relegated. So Plastic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, uh, and I was just watching the highlights. I cannot believe how bad we were. They were just absolutely shocking. We can't complete four four yard passes, and it is one of those things where you just look at that game and you think, God, we were sent down to the third tier, playing abysmally against a side who also went down, and like, not not long after we're playing them in an FA Cup final. Madness. They call it madness. <laughs> <laughs> is this? Would you say this is the best loss you've ever been to? I mean, I've been to many great losses. That's what I like to do. But uh, no, I think it's probably a bit of a leap to say I've got any big memories of it because I was very young. But I think it's just one that sort of sticks in my head. Not even of the game specifically, but just just going home and telling my mum we'd lost and we'd been relegated. And just them sort of things are just what make me think, yeah, I'm a Stoke fan. (laughs) Sadly, that's what epitomises my... You, You need that game early doors where you realise oh god Stoke yeah, aren't very good it's definitely you don't a, want to build up expectation do you? it's a grounder <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Peter Thorne with a brace I don't know about you he was my first Stoke hero yeah. ever absolutely loved him to pieces and looking at those highlights like he scores two goals really nice finishes in a team that's just absolutely hapless and I think I remember crying when he went to Cardiff it was just yeah, it, it, that was devastating yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd, I've, I remember having nine on the back of a Stoke top, but not mm. Thorn. I don't think we could afford that, <laughs> just nine. But, um, yeah, definitely a first hero, just because he did goals, yeah. <laughs> which I think as, as a child is all you want to see. Like, you're not interested in your Neville Southalls when you're five years old. Ben, shall we move on to happier times with Joe's second game? Of course. This one comes about ten years after the first game, so quite the leap. Obviously, there's a... A few years in the wilderness in between there. This game was between Coventry and Stoke, and it was a win for Stoke this time. They won 2 1 on the day. It was on the 12th of April 2008, so still about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, 20,249 people were in inten- attendance for this one, with goals for Ward, which was the first goal, penalty for Coventry City, but then Fuller brought it back to 1 1 with his own penalty, and Lawrence made it 2 1. Um, BBC introduced this game with Stoke moved back to the top of the championship thanks to Liam Lawrence's winner as the Potters came from behind to beat relegation threatened Coventry. Iconic game. Absolutely. I, f- I feel this had to be in there. I, I feel a little bit like I've cheated some people out of not mentioning the autoglass at Wembley yeah, well, against Bristol City and the Brentford promotion game. But, you know, this, fuck this, <laughs> this is your game. Yeah. This is, don't yeah, care about anyone else's. Yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I had to fit some Premier League games in because, you know, millennials. <laughs> but, Appeal to our younger audience. Yeah. Uh, but, but tell the section of our audience who perhaps joined Stoke after we got into the Premier League why oh. this game was so special. I just, I mean, because prior to this game, it seemed like it was just going to be Stoke. We, we were gonna, we weren't going to make the most of our opportunity. We were going to throw it away or something of that ilk. Mm. 
And uh, at half time, having a apple, I imagine Coke at the time, at the yeah. age, um, and paying <laughs> £4.50 for a hot dog, losing 1 0. Oh, was it not? Was yeah, we won the Yeah, and I, and I just it would just seem like yeah, that, that kind of sums it all. That's just not going to happen. And you kind of you kind of accept it, and you you just you know it's nice to be on the ride, and yeah. and you know maybe we'll get close, and we can push on again next year. And then for yeah for Fuller to get us back into it like that, and then just the absolute just the limbs for the, the uh, yeah for Lawrence score was gen- probably the best away day mental I've experienced. Just the because you knew when that went in we'd win the game and we were going up. I I don't know if you are always pessimistic and had to wait till full time at Leicester uh, to be sure of promotion. (laughs) Even then I wasn't. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we thought we were going to get docked points for the uh, (laughs) premature pitch invasion. But uh, this game's really interesting, not uh, not just because it's like iconic in that sort of promotion run. Apparently, either before the game or at half-time, Tony Pulis... Uh, played a clip from the film Any Given Sunday with Al Pacino. And there's a big uh, speech in that film, like inch by inch, play by play. And it's like it's it's like this Hollywood kind of idealised version of what a big motivating speech at halftime is. Are you making is. this up? No, no, this is this is genuinely true. It's uh, uh, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Liam Lawrence talks about how Tony Poulis played this in the dressing room for them and it inspired them to victory. Which sort of makes me think, does Pulis not back his own abilities as a motivator? <laughs> he needs Al Pacino to do it for him, but it it definitely worked. I think I don't like we can't let this one pass as well without mentioning Liam Lawrence's bare chest, because I feel like that was one of the biggest things about that fixture. Yeah, more important than promotion, if anything. I mean, <laughs> the biggest things about that fixture was he, Liam Lawrence's he, bare chest. He looked incredible. <laughs> he, he came off the bench for that game. I think he I think he'd been injured, and. Yeah, it, the ball broke free. It's a pretty terrible goal, but it's just a delightful finish. And yeah, that, that celebration, limbs akimbo in the Stoke end, and uh, Liam just dis- displaying his athletic prowess. Yeah, just just, n- just nice to see him, you know, with his shirt off, <laughs> not in a Sunderland hotel with prostitutes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. You you mentioned, I'd like to go back a bit, you mentioned there um, briefly that you had a £4.50 hot dog and, and that got me wondering what your go-to snack is at a meal. At a meal? Uh, at, at, a meal. <laughs> at, at a meal. At a game. At a game. It caught me off guard on this one. Because obviously um, if you're on a desert island and you wanted to have one football-related snack. I'll be honest, yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be burger van. Like, I'd, I'd like to think that if I was on a, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. If, if you're on a desert island and the Bet365 Stadium concourse is in there, but you can only have one thing. What, what do you go for? I'll be honest. I'd go out of the concourse <laughs> to the van outside, oh, right. and I get a sausage and bacon bap. Remember, nice. they don't take cards, so you'd have to yeah, bring they cash. They don't, which is the chaos. Desert island. Maybe, maybe the uh, boat cake will there pull up for sure, <laughs> and you can get a nicer. I can't. I mean, I, I, I can't. Not taking card payments. Is that a, it's really a side note? Thing? I mean, yeah. Is I mean, really I mean, I mean I probably I, you're hitting a personal thing here now. I don't. I don't want to get too emotional. But yeah, come on, it's 2017. Even having to put my pin in these days, it's like writing a check. You can't you can't even get cash anywhere at the Grand either, so it's no. a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, there we go. I mean, we are supposed to be going through the happy memories, not the fact that you don't like that there's no card machines anywhere near the bet. Look, Ben, you give me a platform and I will talk about <laughs> serious issues. Other thing from this game I noticed, um, Uriah Rennie was the ref, star of the film Marvellous. Um, he... Uh, Gave us the penalty Rick scored from, 
And he, he like has a laugh with one of our players. I don't know if it was Fuller or someone. And he's like gives him a gentle shove away. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. That. He, he was top draw, you're right, Rennie. I don't know if you've watched back the um, the sort of the season review. I mean, I know yeah. I do every Wednesday. Um, <laughs> and I, I, that whole season, Rennie was just incredible for us. He just he's sending <laughs> off opposition players all yeah. over the shop all season. There was the guy at Preston who, uh, in the second half of the game, announced. Uh, welcome back to the second half of the Uriah Rennie show. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity ref before uh, yeah. guys like Mike yeah. Dean and Clattenburg came along, to be honest. So, yeah, that that game, I think, favourite away game I've ever been to. Absolutely incredible scenes. Ben, do you want to move us on to game three? I would love to. Again, this game comes about six years after the second game, um, and this is Stoke very much in the Premier League. It was... At the Britannia, as it was known then, it was between Stoke City and Manchester United. The score was 2-1 to Stoke City on the 1st of February 2014. 26,547 people in attendance. The goals this time coming from Carrick in the first half. It was an own goal. And then Van Persie got one back for United early on in the second half. But Adam, five minutes later, made it 2-1. I mean, this is contradictory because it says the BBC report intro says Charlie Adams' double strike gave Stoke their first league win over Manchester United. Maybe he mishit the first one, the second strike went in. There we go. Since 1984, on a miserable afternoon for the champions. Yeah, Joe, I think you've chosen this because you're the world's biggest Charlie Adams fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I could come on without mentioning Charlie. But no, I think this one is... It feels a little bit tin pot because, you know, it's just a win against United yeah. and they've forgotten about it. But I think just just growing up in Stoke, naturally, all my friends mm. are Man United fans. And it just it just felt so sweet. I, rem- I remember beating them 3-1. I think it was 3-1 in a, in a friendly. Yeah. Mark Goodfellow scored. Diego Forlan scored a screamer he, for them. He in did. He did. Goodfellow ran the show, so yes. let's not talk too much about <laughs> Forlan. Um, and I just when that happened, I was like, that was bragging rights for eight, you know, yeah. pre-season friendly. But to me, that was incredible, and I'd never thought I'd see it in a competitive game, let alone you know in the top flight and in, in a game that was actually quite quite big for us. And yeah, it was. Yeah, like, something I never thought I'd see. I think that was the why it sticks in my memory more mm. than anything. Uh, absolutely brilliant uh, finish from Charlie for the winner, uh, set up by Marko Anatovic's uh, complete miss kick, which I think I think he'll claim was deliberate. <laughs> I was I was at uni when this game was going on and we'd been on such a bad run. Uh, so Saturday morning after playing five-a-side, I, I, I was walking back with my mates and I said, look, I'm just going to avoid all football today. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to not acknowledge anything. I'm just going to watch match of the day, not knowing any of the scores, which is a stupid idea, which I encourage <laughs> nobody to do. Because like that afternoon, I was just sat in a bar, which won't surprise anyone, um, and just two blokes just next to me said oh Stoke are winning at Man United and like for the, for the rest of the evening my head's just gone mm. so <laughs> so, I, so I had to look it up I, I, I broke I broke my promise to myself but like seeing it was 2-1 I just didn't care that that was our first win against him in god knows how many years wasn't it it's strange now you say that I think if I'm ever if ever I can't watch the game for whatever reason I'll sort of check just before half time or just throughout the game the school mm. rather than go to school center or something like that, I'll always go on Twitter now. And it's usually from reverse engineering a Sam the Lost tweet. <laughs> That's usually how I know the score or how the game's going. If if, if Sam the Lost is uh, slagging off views on Twitter, it we're either winning, drawing, or losing. So <laughs> Yeah, not the best barometer, I'll be honest. I remember this game. I was at university too, and it was one of the games where I was in search for a legal stream. 
and the stream that I was watching was really, really bad. So it was one of those where I was watching it, stream cuts out, go back on it, and Charlie Adam had scored mm. already. I was like... Wheeling away in the rain. Yeah. It's iconic, yeah. that. <laughs> Never seen him run so fast. <laughs> it was one of those where it had gone in after. It was like, oh, damn it, I missed it. But then at the same time, we're beating Manchester yeah. United. This is amazing. Um, and we did win. Did, did the fact it was David Moyes' Man United lessen it in any way? Would you, would you have... Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, of course. You you would have preferred to beat Fergie yeah. while we had the chance, though, wouldn't you? And, and with Pulis. <laughs> that would have been really sweet, but, yeah. you know, Just, beg, uh, beggars and choosers. Exactly. We also had that game at Old Trafford. Was it earlier in the season where we went went ahead twice? On like out of it, scored that free kick. Yeah. Oh, God. You, you just thought then, like, we can't beat Moises Man United having taken the lead twice. You just thought... Oh, we're never going to do it. I think that goes back to my point of, of, you know, why it was such a big thing as well. I mean, I was taking something away from that game because we outplayed them in the first half. And yeah. that was like going to my mates, yeah, but we outplayed you in the first <laughs> half. Joe, we beat you 3 2, mate. <laughs> so I never had I never had that. Um, and, and since then, to be fair, we've, we've sort of held our own against them. Yeah, yeah. We've, um, yeah, we've not disgraced ourselves for a while against them. And yeah, that, that, that's just a refreshing change. Uh, Man United come into Stoke and just like fancying it. I remember before, was it was it last season when we beat them? Yeah, two 0 with it, and we just completely played them off the park. Mm. It's like Man United. I've always hated them. Like you, you just can't not like, especially when you support a small team and all your mates at school support Man United. But now it's just, I think Arsenal may have overtaken them for me. Oh, just big so. time! I, personally, I, I I don't really hate United. I think. I think having mates who are United fans rather than for that reason it was yeah. more it was more so that I always had a bit of a soft spot for them and it was like the way they did things and, and they, they won yeah, titles the, and they the, had great players. Yeah, even in those days when you grew up hating them there were things to sort of admire begrudgingly yeah. about them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you go to quite a lot of Manchester United games considering I, you're a Mancunian now. Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, if anything, this is just sort of me just putting the feelers out and saying <laughs> that I am still a Stoke fan. It's on record. But yeah, I've made yeah I've made three this season, which is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to uh, probably the the game we expected. We expect everyone who who does <coughs> one of these kinds of shows to do. But, uh, let's have it. Yeah, one you probably don't recall at home. This one is between Stoke City and Bolton Wanderers at Wembley Stadium, London, um, on the 17th of April. I, th- I think you've got this one wrong. I meant the 5-0 the defeat this next season in the league. <laughs> oh, God. The Chris Eagle I was show. so nervous then for a second. I was like, <laughs> I'm reading it off the screen. I'm not that to hungover. Be, no, to, be, to be fair, it's worth noting that I gave this list to the guys on very short notice, so mm. the research is quite good. <laughs> That's what we do here at the yeah. Wizard Podcast. Just um, panic, just panic. Google two hours. I just wanted to show. test them. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll continue. Seventeenth uh, of April, two thousand eleven. Of course, attendance was seventy five thousand and sixty four people. Plastics. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the scorers on that day, of course, were Etherington um, just after ten minutes. Huth five minutes later. Jones on the half an hour mark, and then two in the second half from. Walters, BBC intro for this one, three first-half goals helped Stoke City demolish Bolton Wanderers and reach the FA Cup final for the first time in their history. Joe, why did you choose this game? <laughs> At a hard time, I had this great hot dog. And it, just, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't £4.50 in Wembley, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, obvious reasons. I think for some time this is always going to be up there as the, if not you know, if not one of these, does the 
just better. The, it was the performance. It was the the moment, the the event, what it meant to everyone. It was, yeah, incredible. And I just I just didn't see it happening. I, I, when that when that draw came out, I thought we'd. I was kind of hoping for for City at that stage or United because I just thought that on an occasion like that, you know, we really run them close, especially yeah. under Pulis. Whereas playing Bolton, it was kind of Stoke mm. Bolton is not the game anyone wants to watch. Yeah, because <laughs> it because if you lose that game like a scrappy one 0 it's just like even more miserable than you would have been had had you been beaten by a decent exactly. team. You can't make an occasion of it if you lose one yeah. 0 to Bolton because you go in there thinking, you know, we we should be favourites here. Yeah, I know. But no, I think they were they were above us in the league at this point. Yeah, we just kind of. Uh, we've discussed this on the uh, FA Cup special. If you want to go and listen to that, but uh, yeah, a good day. I was just thinking the last time we did that. Well, when when we did that FA Cup special, we got very emotional mm. um, and I'm waiting for Joe's steely face to sort of <laughs> melt and the tears to start to roll down you his face you just wait till that fifth game there's a really disappointing hot dog in that one <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing there's a theme <laughs> it's just absolutely mental thinking thinking back on it like we don't win games 5-0 ever and we just decided to rock up to Wembley and absolutely tear them apart do you have any do you have any specific memories from that day like a story that you can share with us uh, what was remember, your journey like? I remember knocking my my girlfriend at the time down about three rows. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, being the, um, <laughs> the the operable term there, but um, yeah, just every, everything about that day, getting the coach down, and just I was so nervous. I, I, I just remember drinking the nerves away. Like I don't have great. I don't. I don't remember too much about the game apart from the goals. Um, I think <laughs> it was it was three 0 at half time, wasn't it? Yeah. And I just remember my dad saying, "We need one more here," <laughs> and that's just. A, just a, I'm pretty just sure my dad's stoked. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. but he, he was At right. Time, I, w- I was shitting it. Yeah. Oh yeah, at two 0 I thought we really need another here, and that's just it's just that's what it is. Even at five, I was like, mm, "Yeah, that be." <laughs> there we go. There's ten minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> no, incredible. Uh, one thing I always remember about Walters that season as well is that I've never seen anyone so like if if, if in a game like that. If, mm. if there's an opportunity where you know I need to get him on a score sheet, his, his determination that day it seemed he just wanted to to just have his name on that scoreboard and yeah and did it in style. Yeah, that that fourth goal is absolutely incredible, and it's like you you look at that eleven who played, and there's not really much. There's hardly any flair in it. Um, certainly not the sort of talented players we've got now, but just the. The manner we took them apart was like watching, you know, a top class side. And like there's 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 so many just like images like Hooth scoring and like the crowd of Stoke fans going up behind him. And uh, Tony Pulis going absolutely mental at Jermaine Pennant. There's one, there's one where he, he withdraws the celebration as well. Yeah. Like the fourth goal, like he goes to celebrate and thinks, hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been at Stoke long enough to know that it's, it's not over yet. Yeah, because Pulis, um, he took Gillingham to Wembley, didn't he? Yeah. And then... Then they cocked it up late on, so yeah. I think I wonder if there was a, a bit of that going on. Definitely, absolutely mental. Ben, Ben, did you go to this game? Yeah, I was there. Um, my dad got tickets off the FA. We, oh no, that was the final actually. No, we got we got a few tickets for this one. I had a great day. You just bought both. <laughs> just sold <laughs> them off. Bought, bought, bought. Just sort ripped, sort of ripped a few yourself. Stoke fans off. Um, happy days. <laughs> no, it's just that nervous atmosphere sort of nervous excitement even at half time as you mentioned I think I just remember everyone just sort of like obviously we're in with the Soap fans everyone turning around at each other and being like oh my god what has just happened it's not real is it it's not real um, yeah if, I I would be very surprised if we were to do this 
this sort of show again how many people who were at that game wouldn't have that in their mm. top five I mean if you don't have that in your top five games that you've been to then I wish I've been to some of the games that you've been to because this was incredible. Also, a really uh, random memory that came to me just uh, before we came in the studio was uh, the the Black Eyed Peas song. I've got a feeling. <laughs> just uh, I just have an explicit memory of of that being piped through the Wembley Tannoy and just like loads of forty plus year old old blokes from Stoke just absolutely dancing away to it like their massive Black Eyed Peas fans. I can't believe you're sharing this memory again. <laughs> It's, it's just it's just something I remember. It's just, it's just uh, yeah, just so so brilliant. I mean, do, do you think do you think we'll do you think we'll get to a final again soon? I mean, it'd be a pessimist to say no. I, 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 yeah, why not? I, I, I mean, even last season, which sort of capitulated after the the Liverpool semi final, I think just under Hughes, we'd done really well in the cups. Obviously, this mm. season. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, since we've been back in the Premier League, to be fair, I mean, we seem to take it seriously, and we there's been a, quite a few professional jobs done. I hope so. I really want to see it again. It was after John Walters scored the fifth, which, by the way, Andy Wilkinson. <laughs> oh God, it's just like can anything <laughs> sum up a, a an unfortunate career of n- not scoring a goal more than? having a chance to score at Wembley for your hometown club and falling flat on your face. I don't know, I think he'll take the assist. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah, after after that goal, I turned to my dad and just said, I love football, because you, you just can't fully wrap your head. I, like, looking back on it, even now, I still can't believe we won 5-0. And that, yeah, then there was the uh, game the next season, as you mentioned, where... Chris Eagles took us apart. <laughs> that was that couldn't be more. So yeah. just to give them to give them revenge straight away. Yeah. Like the fir- is that the first time we played them after that final yeah, as well? I think so. Yeah. But we relegated, so we relegated them. So fuck them. <laughs> all I, all I can remember from that um, Bolton game was just thinking they brought Tunchai on. I think at five 0 because he'd gone on loan or something. And um, I just remember thinking, oh, please don't make it six. Please don't make it six. <laughs> not not that it would have uh, cheapened this day anymore, but. Um, <laughs> Absolute scenes. Game number five, please, Ben. The final game, we're going forward in time to last season. Uh, this one was between Stoke City and Manchester City. It's got, it's had a lot of mentions on the podcast over the over the year we've been going, that's fair to say. This was on the 5th of December 2015, of course, about 27,000 people again. And this day, it was Marco Inautovic's day with um, two goals in the first 15 minutes and yeah, the BBC report echoes that with Marco Inatovic scores twice to hand Stoke City a superb victory over Premier League leaders Manchester City. Another one that I'm sure City have just completely forgotten about if yeah. they heard this. <laughs> we think it's quite a small time, but yeah, I mean, prob- probably left out the 6-1 the could have been in there, but I think mm. as, a, as a total football performance, I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. And everything clicked. Yeah. It, I just can't... You can't believe it, like, that that's so recent because you think how poor we've been in games since then. Just the way we played football was like, even in, like like you say, the, the 6-1 against Liverpool, we've never played football that good. No. It's like, if you look at the goals we don't score, like there's one where Bojan does a, a back heel pass to Arnautovic mm. and there's a cross, and Shakiri should have 
poke the ball in from two yards. I don't know. What Even went. like Peters was getting was getting involved. Even yeah. like there was I think what would have been an out of his hat trick from a wheeling cross. Mm. Um, and Peters played him in with a little little back flick, and, and you just you just don't see mm. it, and it just yeah. everything just was just perfect that day. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like they were playing it on the easy setting almost. They were just like yeah. bringing out all these flicks and stuff. Why haven't we been able to produce that again? Um, I, I, I dare say Hughes's maybe lack of faith in himself and his mm. players. I, I don't know. I think that, I think that that game is partly to blame of the apathy that's around this season because he's he's shown us what we're capable of and it's been taken away. And I don't know. There's been periods at the start of this season where he's wanted to continue with that and. And we've lost, or you know, it's been a poor performance, and it's just it's really easy to retreat and go back to the the players that you know can do a job, which yeah. amazingly can't do a job. Mm. So I, I don't. It, it's it's really frustrating. Um, yeah, th- this was this was Stoke Alona, uh in full effect. Uh, Bojan as a false nine, Afalai behind, Arnie and Shaq on the wings. They just so they work so well together, Arnie and Shaq that that mm. game. The both goals are absolutely beautiful. I would argue this this game and this period is is the time. Even with that five 0 victory in the semi final FA Cup, this is the time when Stoke were most n- noticed by mm. the nation. This was when Stoke were being talked about the most. That yeah, you couldn't, since you I've couldn't been t- alive, you couldn't ignore it. I mean, was it? It was the United game was shortly after mm. one, and then there was the Everton away game on. Was that Boxing Day? Was it? Yeah, four well, three. Um, yeah. Well, it was around Christmas. Yeah, and. 28th or I, I just yeah just that period I mean you know we shipped three goals in but the way the way we played the way we did it the way we did it, I mean you know when you score four it doesn't matter how many shipmen unless it's four <laughs> <Yeah>. or five <laughs> <laughs> yeah you meant, you, but, um, you mentioned there our sort of um Hughes lacking uh, confidence in himself is that why we've not really seen the false nine again because how can something that looks so good against they were the champions then weren't they how can something that looks so good then just be completely ignored since? I think, I mean, I think, personally, I don't, I don't, I think we probably, what suited us better was when Bojan was a number 10 and when we had Moses and, mm. and even when he was playing with Crouch and Walters, I, I, I just think that, I, I don't think we could have persisted with a false nine frequently because it, it just wouldn't work. And, and as we saw, there was games where it just it wasn't going to work. But to have that option there, like you yeah. say, to not mm. see it more often is it's a shame. How how do you view the the sort of Stoke project now? If we if we're talking present day, like yeah, we've mentioned this this may have raised expectations. How do you feel about uh, Hughes now? Has has he uh, has he gone down in your estimations uh, this season? Has he? Oh, are we performing about where we should be? I mean, we're ninth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. It's 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 a difficult one. I've, I've been I've been I, I try to be quite optimistic. Um, I think. This season, lad, probably after the Spurs game, I tipped into the Hughes out camp, and then since then, you know, we've, we've he's, he's, he's shown that he knows something needs to change, and he's changed it. Yeah. So it it comes to it where you think, well, you know, we've got to see what happens to the rest of the season now. We know that he's capable of making good things happen, so it's just where that faith comes from. At the minute, I just want to I just want to see the season out with no more embarrassing defeats, mm. no more Charlie Adam, and <laughs> and I just. Do we got such a good squad of players? Yeah, I mean, Mbula, like, there's there's so much that we sort we we can be seen and the, that we're not doing. But um, generally, I th- I feel more optimistic now after these last two games. 
yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's it for the uh, the five games you've chosen. Some pretty uh, iconic ones there, and the disaster at home to Man City. If you had to pick one, if we could give you a DVD of one of these games to take with you, what would you uh, what would you choose? Oh, that depends if I'm going to get a DVD player. Well, no, you, no, you DVD... don't. You just get a DVD <laughs> player with a decent sticker on the outside yeah. that shows one of the goals going in, just and use that's the it. Just to scoop up bits of food. From... <laughs> you can use um, it as a plate, I maybe. It'd, it'd have to be the five nil. Yeah, it'll be. I think that that that'll die with me. That. Yeah, and. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, on on the actual Desert Island Discs, you're allowed to take a book and a luxury item with you. But we're not going to do that. We're going to do... Um, uh, unless you've got any books to recommend, of course. I, I can't read. <laughs> One Stoke player from your lifetime to be the uh, first ever member of the Wizards of Drivel Hall of Fame. No, I think it's got to be Rick. Yeah. I think it's got to be. Yeah. I, I, I think only in recent time, Onatovic has come close to the... The level of icon which which he is and was, I th- I fully just summed up everything about that promotion one, and and he got fans on the edge of his seat and we hadn't seen that for a long time, and and to be fair, he, he, even he had to earn that respect because yeah. he, he still got the lazy tags and the temperament uh, which you know come you come with those sort of players, yeah, especially at that level, you don't get players who are consistently that good playing in the championship. If he had John Walter's attitude and maybe kept himself fit a bit more he he wouldn't have played for Stoke ever you know he was no. he was that good and just just some of the goals he scored he just he just comes out of nowhere sometimes so casual as well yeah like. <laughs> it makes it better yeah. it does make it, it does. better and um finally you you're running short on clothes but fortunately with you uh, is a one Stoke kit from Ooh. from your lifetime would would we'll just say the uh, you don't have to wear the full kit it's just, just be embarrassing. No, I think I, think I would. Yeah. Okay. If, you want, if, you want, if you want the socks, then take the socks. I mean, if, you know, if a ship comes by and I get saved, I don't want to not be wearing shin pads. <laughs> the one that said Stoke across the chest when we were sponsorless for a season. Be- oh, oh, God, oh, Ben's got it on. Ben is actually wearing it. Whose is that? It's mine. <laughs> got how given how to big it. were you as a child? I, I got given it this, um, this Christmas. It's been on the pod before, so I don't want to bore people, but it was a secret Santa present. One of the, the best I've ever had. I mean, that's up there. That that is the shirt that I had a nine on the back. I mean, of. obviously the people listening can't see it, yeah. but it is it, here. It's uh, <laughs> let let the mystery uh, just yeah. <laughs> just just imagine a Stoke shirt in your head. We'll get Joe to do a drawing of it before the end of <laughs> the a, There is actually a photo of me wearing it as a child, circulating on the internet somewhere. Right, well, when I say circulating on the internet then. somewhere, photo of me as a child. <laughs> I'll clear that up. <laughs> I put it on there when I was I, I um I did an article for the football shirt collect. Um, about my favourite Stoke shirt. So yeah, that so is th- that then. There yeah. we go. So I probably should have known that. <laughs> but um, I still have to think about it. We've been here for 20 minutes waiting for that. We've just <laughs> cut, we've cut it shorter on the final edit. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Joe, uh, you've been you've been sent away on a desert island. Thank you very much for for choosing those games. But before you get uh, shipwrecked, uh, shall we stick around and uh, bring our listeners right up to date with a quite interesting week for Stoke. Two games against Man City. Both with uh, very different outcomes. You are listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, a place for the love of the game. What I love about football is just the, the random hugs that happen after goals with strangers in the crowd. 
a place for unadulterated emotion. The talk of the Tony Pierce child and then that, I'm going to be crying in the street in a second. A place for bold predictions. I've put it public that I don't think Crouch is going to score a goal again for us in the league. A place for expert insight. I'm with Stan Collymore of all people. Stan, you watch a lot of football. And if all those areas were not covered, Pulis would go absolutely ape in the dressing room at us. And a place for hashtag deploy and goy. It's a big moment in his career. It's a, a big moment in his life, probably. I can't help but feel entirely responsible <laughs> for what just happened. The Wizards of Drivel podcast. A place for Stoke City. Now this is Trump's podcast. You went to the game midweek. How was that? Yeah, I mean, we just needed a point. We needed mm. to not embarrass ourselves. So even a, even a low-scoring defeat would have probably appeased me. But yeah, I, I just... The team came out and I just thought, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Just go crazy. And, and I, it, everyone did their job to a man. And yeah, it was nice to see. It, it, it gave me a bit of faith that yeah. the season isn't going to completely peter out. Jeff Cameron, wh- what is it about Jeff? Because on the face of it, he's <clears throat> not that amazing a player, but something about him in our midfield just seems to make his work. Just athleticism, isn't it? Really, just, just having a mobile midfielder. I don't yeah. think he's like amazing at anything, but he just does a lot of things quite well, it, it and it sh- just seems to work. Yeah, it, I mean, the shape the team seems to have. I mean, what was it the Bur- Burry was the game before? Mm. Yeah, I think again, not not wanting to to keep digging at Adam, but I think it, him being out of the team, just Whelan's not having to cover him. Yeah, to mop up his mess as much, and he's allowed to do his job a bit better and. I, I, yeah, it just works better. But I, I think, you know, I, I don't think that City game was a, the best barometer to judge anything by because you just need to go and you need to just grind out a point and that's what we did. Yeah, uh, they gave Shawcross man of the match on Sky. Did you, agree, did you agree with that, Ben? Yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I think he's come in for a bit of stick this season, perhaps unfairly sometimes, um, but he came in and, and we got the nil-nil draw and that's thanks in large part to our captain. I thought Juff would have been up there as well mm, for me, yeah. I think. Without him there on the right wing, we would have struggled potentially. I thought I thought it was that important, really. Yeah. Keeping Sane completely quiet was was down to him and a decent performance from Bardsley down there as well. Um, and obviously Shakiri didn't even feature where a lot of people thought that he probably he might be starting because there's I don't, I don't get what's fit. going on there. Um, it was he wasn't even on the bench, which was weird. Um, but I think in that system, if Shakiri was there, I don't think it would have worked as well. So no, no, I think yeah, credit to G four season really. I mean, he's been asked to do a job which is baffling. Yeah. It, it was yeah. at the time, but he's 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 done it well. And how many players would would do that happily and not sort of? He doesn't seem to be moaning at all. He just mm. gets on with it and he's working his bloody balls off on that right wing. I, I'm wondering now, like we've had like so many hammerings by good sides and Crystal Palace, and uh, <laughs> like. I wonder if there's a team for Man City away that's completely different to a team for Middlesbrough at home because we know we've got, you know, really quality players in the attacking positions. But, like, at this game would have been wrong for them. It, you, like you said, Shakiri wouldn't have worked as well as Juve. Uh, Arnie perhaps wouldn't have worked as hard as Ramadan did, but... Like I wonder is if we can play the f- I I don't want to be like oh Grafters flair players again but if we play the flair players at home against these crap sides and play the sort of Grafters of you know away to Man City can that not work can we not have like uh, two different speeds 
or is that just like oversimplified massively? <laughs> I know, no, I, I know what you mean, and I I agree. I think this potentially is one of the first times in a long time we've seen Hughes sort of adapt tactically for the opposition that we've been playing against, or like it's so obvious that he was adapting tactically because we played a system we haven't seen since the championship or since Tony Pulis in a sort of flat 4-4-2. We saw Walters and Berahino. I said it looked like a, a 4-6 almost when we were defending. So he definitely knew what he was doing and, and it would be nice to see those lovely players that we everyone wants to see play for Stoke City because they're so talented. It would be lovely to see them against the worst teams because you... You don't want to see them against Man City, then lose 4 0 away. I think that, yeah. I feel like I've seen sort of hung out to dry at times a season, you know, mm. and Bula being one of them. And uh, yeah, I, I, but amazingly, he seems to do well in those games and still get a yeah. drop. So I don't really know what, what the answer is there. But yeah, certainly there's, you know, every game is relative and they've got to train for each game. Mm. So. You know why not do it for each specific game and have that different lineup? Yeah. And I mean, you could argue like Wolves at home in the cup. We played like the the flair players. We played in Bula, Bojan, and Shakiri and stuff, and we didn't perform at all. So, yeah. uh, I I. Well, there's always that risk with with whatever side you pull out. Yeah, that <laughs> we're just just gonna be crap. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've got we've been uh, accused many a time of this podcast and perhaps being too harsh on Mark Hughes, perhaps being a uh, whatever the uh, Stoke equivalent of a Ramona is, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've um, we've got to give full credit to a a, a brilliant tactical piece of uh, piece of <laughs> piece of cleverness. Yeah. <laughs> good, there we go. There we go with good the gr- soccer, Mark. <laughs> good good yeah. podcast yeah. cleverness think, there from David. Yeah, it can't be understated that he's the biggest thing for me is that he's recognised that something needed to happen. Yeah, we'll see. Why did Man City start with silver? That just seemed odd. Why didn't they? Why didn't they? I don't know. Um, he's always fantastic whenever he plays against mm. us, and I think he's one of the best players in the Premier League for what he does. He's, he's a, he literally, it's such a cliche to say, but a magician with that left foot. I just love watching him. Um, one of my favourite players to watch probably in the world. And he did sort of change the game for them, and, and they started to look a bit more threatening. But probably why Shawcross got the goal was because of those those deflections, those blocks that he made. Um, got the man of the match. Got What did I say? Got the goal. <laughs> got the goal. <laughs> got the man of, I wish he got the goal. Um, I had a five on Stoke <laughs> to win, so I wish he got the goal. Um, but he, he was making those deflections at the front post when Aguero always looks so dangerous and can just thwack it in from anywhere normally. But yeah, I thought yeah. it was yeah, really Sort of good. Go, goes back to uh, what something Leon Court said on a previous episode was the kinds of players he hated uh, defending against were always the the tricky guys who who drop back and find space and mm. like Man City have got plenty of those kinds of players. I mean, uh, Sergio Aguero must have been very disappointing from their point of view, but Shawcross did a great job on him. But yeah, when Silver comes on, he's so hard. You you can't mark him in a conventional way. You can't just run after him and close him down all the time because he'll beat you. And you can't sit off him because you're giving him too much space to whip the ball in. So uh, I was yeah, I was mightily impressed with uh, how we sort of held firm uh, when he came on. I mean, they've got such a wealth of great players mm. that whatever side they put out, you, you're gonna, they're always going to be the favourites. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would have looked at the team sheet before the game and thought, no, Silver, yeah. we're in with a chance. <laughs> but no, I, no, I, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I, I think, yeah, I think there was, they had a lot of physical players on the pitch as well yeah. and I think we sort of stood up to that and, no, yeah, good point. Yeah, and uh, Ramadan nearly, nearly creating something again. He's just, just so 
brilliant. Isn't it? You just want him to just stay forever. Long live the pharaoh. I mean, if, if he's not yet the finished article, I can't wait to see yeah. him when he is because he seems to have everything. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I try not to overhype any mm. Stoke players, but um, yeah, he's been incredible. Even Spurs away, it, it, it just that four 0 defeat, and he did everything that he could right. Yeah. And and he's tracking back and tackling as well, which we all like to see. Uh, what's our sort of ambition now for the end of the season? Because we're in ninth again, familiar position. Um, like out of the cups, is the ambition ninth again? Uh, would we take top half? Should we be looking at potentially overhauling a West Brom team who uh, look to be on the beach already? I think yeah, a lot of people have mentioned West Brom. Obviously, the pudest factor being there. I mean, it would be nice to to finish above them. I think we've got Southampton sort of snapping at our ankles in tenth. I think they've got two games in hand yeah. and might be like three points behind us. So mm. we need to watch those guys. I I think the minimum really is to get top half now. I feel like otherwise it would feel a bit deflating. Um, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that again, but. I just think we've we have got the squad to finish top half and and with all the stuff that Hughes has said in the press about maybe finishing even 7th at one point I think if we were to finish lower than 10th it would just feel like I don't know slightly anticlimactic really now that we've got to this stage um I I would just like to see decent performances like we saw yeah. against Man City even if we ended up losing that game 1-0 with like a a silver goal or something like that I mean he had a great chance to score I wouldn't have felt that disappointed because we played so well for the entire 90. It, it feels much better to be able to do that than than sort of have a 4-0 yeah. hammering and be like, we literally offered nothing there because that's not the case at all. We we stood toe-to-toe with them and we got we had a bit of fortune sometimes maybe that they didn't finish, but that's, that's their prerogative. We defended as we needed to do and we did jobs. So I'd like to see more performances like that and then we'll see where we end up more than anything for me. Yeah, well, speaking of hammerings, uh, oh, oh dear me. Um, ben, you joined me on Friday night to the Man City Academy Stadium for the FA Youth Cup semi-final. Uh, for anyone who wasn't aware that this game was on, I did meet a Stoke fan uh, in Piccadilly before the game who just had no idea we were uh, playing, uh, which surprised me. But yeah, Ben, talk us through uh, what happened. I mean... If you want another place that doesn't take cards for snacks, <laughs> Man City Academy Stadium needs to sort their game out. And apparently Wi-Fi as well, because yeah. the Wi-Fi was shocking for the Stoke City media team. There was a bit of banter between the two. But anyway, back to the football, unfortunately. Man City's under-18 setup is absolutely incredible. The players there were just sensational. Um, their touch, their passing, their movement, all incredible. And they won 6-0. And it was... I mean, as a fan of... As a Stoke fan, obviously, I, I didn't go into the game expecting anything. It was it was a nice sort of game to be able to go to for free. It got slightly disappointing when it was 6-0, just, just for the players more than anything. Mm. Um, and then after the final whistle, there were tears on on the pitch, what I'm sure you were going to bring up, Dave. But, yeah, it, it must have been tough for them. Obviously, they went into this game hoping of sort of FA Cup glory. Yeah. And it just sort of went wrong. But Man City Academy are incredible. They've They've done similar things, I think, to a lot of other teams at that level and I think we both of us said in the end that sort of all of the players should hold their heads up because they've got to that stage rather than feel hard done by um, losing 6-0 to Man City but that is very very easy for me to say yeah. sitting in this studio. It, yeah it was uh, just devastating see, seeing some of the lads in tears and like uh, 
couple of them on Twitter say like apologising per- for their performance, which is silly because it's the first time we've got to that stage since 1984, and yeah, they'll look back on it and be disappointed. I think maybe if um, we had a spell where we hit the post and then hit the bar, maybe if uh, we could have clawed our way back into it, then things might have been different. But some of those Man City players are going to be, you know, absolute world beaters probably. I mean, you're looking at uh, English La Masia almost because just the whole setup is just so overwhelming. I was I said before, like th- that academy stadium is better than Vale Park. You know, like, you, how how do you compete? Well, you ran back into the stadium to pick up some team sheets for yes. us both, so we can look in five years where yeah. we're at. So yeah, so in a, f- a few years' time, I can um, I can say, oh, I I saw this player before he was famous, you know, <laughs> um, I, and I think I, I've tweeted that uh, Diaz for uh, Man City is going to win a Ballon d'Or. So uh, in six or seven years' time, I can Hoover up those retweets. I don't think there's no shame whatsoever in, no. in being overwhelmed by that. I mean, even even going Wednesday and seeing the, the actually the Etihad campus, it's mm. just an, it's, it's an incredible place. It is. is. I mean, I'm sure a few Luddite men would be a little bit <laughs> disappointed that football's going that way. But um, no, it's great to see, and I, and I think to see progress from the youth team as well is some that's a big positive from this season. Yeah. Um, I've, we, we we very seldom see it and. We've not just the under 18s obviously you know the breakthroughs mm. with with Ngoy and Valinden and Taylor getting on the bench and yeah we, we were just uh, discussing before about uh, sort of our youth progress this season and Ngoy has been the main one in in terms of uh, getting minutes on the pitch Joel Taylor seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth at Rochdale I don't know what's happening there yeah, I mean, I asked my Twitter feeds where he was, and apparently he's just been not good enough for Rochdale, which I find well, surprising. But it, it's such a hard step up. I mean, like if you think that Tyrese Campbell's scoring all these goals for our under 18s, and Ngoy was was doing that for the under 23s as well, and you you give him five minutes here and there, and but what is five, what is five minutes to a player like Ngoy? Like, how can you really make your mark in that time? So it's a difficult one. Very difficult. I mean, back to the under 18 game quickly. I was there's been a bit of stick on online on the oatcake. It's just forum, it, of course. it's one idiot on the oatcake. In fairness, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've I've uh, I've criticised some oatcake threads in the past, but in, in fairness to to this particular one, it's just one poster. Just uh, describe them. Uh, sorry to give them the. Uh, the airtime, but it was they said, "Oh, gutless, embarrassing! Oh, you froze on the big stage and all this stuff." And so it's like they're under 18s. Just get a life. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. I was I was looking. I said to you, Dave, as we were walking out of the stadium, I was looking out there, and and all of the players that had just done these amazing things on the pitch were all at least five years younger than me. And I was mm. sitting there like, "Oh my days! If only I could do that with a football five years ago." Like. And th- their feet were just so quick. It's like, you you think, I know the f- physicality would be different. You think some of those Man City youth players could be put into, I know, League One now and probably do some real damage because they, they were just like lightning quick and just had sk- skill. Like they'd sort of run into a crowd of players and still come out the other side. And uh, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of uh, English players in there as well, which uh, uh, bodes well. So yeah, any any more points from uh, from either midweek or the youth cup? 
But I didn't get to see the game on Friday because I was watching Russell Howard with uh, Mark Hughes. <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah, yeah, that's a point. Uh, did, did you hear this, Ben? Uh, I haven't. I haven't seen anything about this. Mark, Mark Hughes uh, apparently, um, instead of going to the Youth Cup game, uh, went to see Russell Howard live. Uh, and he Where's thought, this come from, by the way? Because there's going to be nothing to this at all. Uh, well, it's just come from Twitter rumours, but <laughs> let, let's speculate anyway. I don't think anyone's going to sue us. <laughs> I'd, I'd suck him for getting to see Russell Howard to be honest <laughs> no matter which, which yeah. day it was on <laughs> yeah, it, could yeah. been, it could have been in the summer <laughs> yeah that's that's the real crime here it's not that he uh, neglected seeing the youth team it was that he was going to see Russell Howard I mean, well, two t- funny faces talking of people that weren't at the game talking of people that were at the game we haven't, we haven't mentioned that Mama Sadibi oh. was sitting about four rows was in front he? of us well uh, J- James Knowles um, said to me that he, he apparently goes to loads of under 18s games and uh, like is involved with the club is uh, become a bit of a mentor to a few of them what's got alive doesn't he <laughs> he's got his patisserie to think about <laughs> I, yeah I did wonder that what's happening in the patisserie I wonder if there's a patisserie Perhaps podcast just, yeah, talking just, about just, where just handing leaflets out any for <laughs> What if there's a patisserie <laughs> podcast? Yeah, one, it's just yeah. Like, why, why is we're, Mamadi Sadibi yeah. spending so much time at, at Stoke City? We're lambasting Hughes for going to Russell Howard, but they're yeah. lambasting him for going to Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I just like, just like he, the, the club could have surely like sorted him out sitting with like the rest of the players or something. But he's like, no, I'm just gonna sit with the Stoke fans. Yeah, I reckon it was his choice because we saw. We saw a picture on, or you saw a picture on Wilkinson's Twitter and he'd obviously posted it and it looked like from where we were, he was sitting right next to us and it turns out that he was just on the complete opposite yeah. side of the stadium. So we were like, just looking around. <laughs> like, I went to a um, like a, a player awards evening, I think it was like 2010, something like that, at oh. King's Hall in Stoke. And, um, Someone get the pan at, <laughs> brush up those names. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the game... Um, it's the end of the game, the end of the evening. I uh, asked for a photo with Mama, and he thanked me for asking for a photo, <laughs> oh. which I just think sums him up. Uh, I, the, right, this is this, the saddest piece of Stoke memorabilia I own, is uh, my parents got me a Marley flag for Christmas. Wow. He signed it at Goodison Park. Has uh, Freddie Canute signed it? No. <laughs> I, I don't really interact with that many Marley players, to be honest. <laughs> You're not involved with the Marley setup. up <laughs> uh, People are uh, di- digging into Hughes a bit uh, on Twitter. Are we that bothered, really? I don't mind. I mean, he's obviously... These Russell Howard tickets, you know how they go. They go quickly, those yeah, things. Yeah, he, so. he, he'll, have, he'll have booked them in advance and, you know, with ticket master charges and all that, you've yeah. got to... You, you, can't, you can't just cancel date night. Might just That's meant, the thing. They might have just meant Kevin Russell. <laughs> <laughs> actually at the game. Someone's... Well, there yeah. we go. There's a twist that I never expected to see coming. Um, Rooster out. <laughs> Rooster out. I did tweet that. I didn't get much reception. Not as much as Hughes out might have done. No, I don't mind too much. What is he going to do, realistically? He might he might have watched it later on Facebook Live. I think they showed it on Man City's Facebook Live, so yeah. I'm sure he caught up if he <laughs> needs to. That there was, I mean, what impressed me about the game as well was just the amount of people that are working for the youth team or the amount of players, even like for Man City. There's just like legions of these people, just even for Stoke, just yeah. at this level. It's mad, I think. At the under-18 level, there were at least like 50 people, I'd say. Yeah. We had a really deep bench as well, it seems yeah. like. It's like. And we didn't even use it, hardly. No, yeah, we, they, they kept the uh, starting 11 on the pitch for the whole game, which seemed pretty strange to me. I don't, I don't know if it was just like not wanting to like, embarrass anyone by bringing them off or something. It was, it was an odd one. So, yeah, I think that's it from us for uh, this week. Thank you very much for joining me, Joe. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you very much, Ben. Thank you, as always. I'll do the usual social media crap. 
Tweet us at Wizards of Drivel, facebook.com slash Wizards of Drivel. Email us, Wizards of Drivel podcast at gmail.com. Next game is Chelsea at home, isn't it? So, yeah, uh, it will be back to the usual three. Uh, Joe will be out. Uh, we'll be bringing Chris... Benched after one game. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be, be bringing Chris back into the fold after an absence with... Uh, <laughs> it's a drugs ban, so um, <laughs> look forward to that. Go on, Stoke.